This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Be the bull. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. How funny. Uh, We're not going to make excuses. You know, I'm not going to make excuses for us losing and getting swept by the Astros. However, we were injured. And... You know, with no Ben attending, no LeMayu, you know, we were injured. And I'm not going to make excuses or take anything away from them, but we were injured. Is it me or is it the same crap he said? Pay attention. You're saying the same stuff he said. Where you have Hal, Cashman, and Boone all saying the same thing, blaming injuries for their failures in the postseason. Come on, guys, please. Some of the three of you, somebody's got to have a better clue than that. One of you, please. Uh, I'm not expecting Boone to to come up with it, but Cashman or, I mean, can can how somebody set the record straight and say and, and stop mentioning the injuries? You know why it bothers me so much? Because the Yankees believe that that is the reason. They truly believe it that that is the reason. That they got swept by the Astros because Benintendi and LeMayhew were hurt. So now they're going to essentially run it back and say we were the team in the first two months of the year before the significant injuries we had. Yeah, okay, good. Run it back again and see what happens with the end result. I guarantee you it'll be similar, if not worse, than what you experienced this year. Yankees had fool's gold those first couple months of the season. They believe that to be the real team. Oh, the injuries. I don't know if Boone started it, went up the chain, and then Cashman was like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. I do think we're better than that, and the injuries cost us. And then they went up the chain and said, well, how? Look, it's the injuries. And Hal said, hey, you know what? You're right, Benatendi, no LeMayu. If those guys weren't hurt, we would have beaten the Astros. Come on. Come on. How come we all can see that the Yankees are nowhere near the Houston Astros level, but yet the Yankees' brain trust can't. Don't you find that to be scary if you're a Yankee fan? Not to mention that the Yankees, or should I say bronze bombers, are acting like porpers. Where with Aaron Judge, oh, well, we want him back, but we don't know what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, when you're talking about Judge and potentially coming back to the Yankees, who gives a crap about the captaincy? I mean, you guys are making a big deal over nothing. Do you really think Aaron Judge is going to make a decision based on captaincy? Well, forget the extra few million. If you throw in captaincy, I'm all in. 
I mean, come on now. I think you're making a bigger deal of that than it is. And when I say you're, whether it's the media, whether it's the fans, whether it's ownership, whoever, oh, yeah, we'll give him captaincy if he likes. Like, who cares? That's not something you bargain with. Captaincy. That is something that is earned. That's earned in the clubhouse, in the locker room, on the field. I'm not saying Aaron Judge hasn't earned that, but it's not a bargaining chip. Oh, if you come back, we'll name you captain. Uh, If I'm Judge, I say, yeah, that's great. I'm already the captain of this team, whether you admit it or not. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. That's what I'd say if I were Judge. Anytime they brought up the captaincy, I'm the captain now. Like, that's going to make a difference. Yeah, that or the $400 million the Giants are going to offer him. One or the other. Eh, I don't know. $400 million, Put that captaincy. Put on the pinstripes. But not only with Judge, with Rizzo. The Yankees now being scared of the Astros. Not only on the field, but off it apparently. Where Anthony Rizzo is the Astros' number one target. And the Yankees are, like, scared about that? The old Yankees used to laugh in the face. They wouldn't even, it's like a, a gnat in the room. The Astros. <laughs> the Houston Astros? <laughs> Wait a second. Those guys want one of our players? You mean the Astros think they're going to take one of our free agents? Let me get this straight. So the Giants say they're not going to be outbid for our best player. And then the Astros say that their number one target is our first baseman? Oh, that's funny. Who's writing these jokes? But in 2022, it's a reality. And I think the joke's on the Yankees. It is actually sad how far the Yankees have fallen to a point where they got to worry about being outbid. The New York Yankees, one thing to get beat on the field, the New York Yankees have to worry about getting outbid by the likes of the San Francisco Giants or the Houston Astros. How? Wake up. 877-337-6666. Jimmy is in Jersey City. Good morning, Jimmy. My man, Sal. So that guy just called about the Bills. Uh, they didn't lose to the Titans. Just Miami, Jets, and Minnesota and then lose to the Titans. But anyway, uh, Sal, I like that you're standing behind me. With Why did he, what did he say? He said the Bills lost to the Titans? Yeah. No, I thought, said, I, I thought Vikings. No, Titans. Oh, well, uh, what was I going to say? Thank you for standing behind my Dolphins with me. I like that. Well, I mean, I think they're good. It has nothing to do with you, but I think they're good. Wow, come on. You know all that. Yeah, you're one of the biggest critics on the Dolphins. Well, you how, hated how them when they? they got rid of Flores. You hated that whole move. You said they were going to stink. You hope they bomb out. Right. Come well, on, Sal. And now look what. You see, coaches make quarterbacks. Just like how Andy Reid made Mahomes. Hold, this guy McDaniel hold, hold on a second. Tour. Jimmy, you realize that there's a big difference of what's happened now and what I wanted to happen or thought would happen after they got rid of Flores, right? Yeah, but you still thought back then your thoughts were that Miami sucked. Okay. After they fired Flores, yes, I didn't like the way that that went down. I thought their ownership sucked, and I didn't and believe in I told you from then on that they didn't need well, Flores. I, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what you said or what I said. What is is what matters. 
What and is? I told, I told you is. What is? Is. But is. I, it doesn't I matter. You, I don't I care. Said, I don't care I what you. you t- I don't care what you said. I, I I don't care. You know why? I don't care because it doesn't mean anything. Just like when you said the Yankees. No, it doesn't mean because now you're standing behind Miami. No, now you see Be- because they're good. Really because they're you actually good. Is. Right, right. Yeah, because, because you're talking about what could happen. I'm talking about what is happening. No, no. I've been telling you what is. Sal. You ain't telling me no, that, bro. I'm no, older than you. I know. I know. No, you're not. Jimmy, you told me the Yankees are going to win the World Series. How'd that work? Yeah, you told me the Mets were going to win the World Series. No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. But Jimmy, again, no, no. I never said that once. Why do you keep going to Yankees? I don't go to your Mets. I never. Jimmy, Jimmy, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You're talking about you predicting something. So no, I'm, talking, I'm talking about dolphins. No, no, but you're, but football. here's the here's the point. You got to remember. Here's over. what you got to remember. Nobody cares about what you're predicting. That doesn't mean anything. What means something no, no, is. No, no, no. No, what's that what I'm predicting? I, I you are. That. You, you keep predict, referencing it. Predict, there is no. Here, I told you two was good. Here's, good. here's why I keep bringing up the Yankees because you keep saying that, well, I told you the Dolphins were going to be good. And then to say, that's yeah, not but. Predict, that's not predicting. Yes, that's it is. Predicting. Yes, it is. No, not, what, what school do you go to? It's not predicting. I'm told you that they were going to be good. Predict. I told you. If I say my kids are going to be good, I'm not predict, you, we predict, are you predicting when your daughter grows up she's going to be a good girl? So are you predicting that? What Jimmy, for, first of all, it's a horrible analogy, number one. Number two. No, Sal, Sal, no you hate arguing with me because you lose when you argue with me. You just do not win with me. What do you, Jimmy, I Jimmy, you Jimmy. You said suicide, you said Jimmy, I always you win. win. I always win. You don't understand that. I always win. You are by definition predicting. If you say the Dolphins are going to be good, that is you predicting that the Dolphins are going to be good instead of focusing on what is the Dolphins are good. Do you understand that? Obviously not, which why I'd hang up on you. And I don't understand why you can't comprehend it. And the reason why I keep bringing up the Yankees is because you keep saying, well, I told you the Dolphins would be good. Like, like I'm supposed to take your word for it. Well, oh, yeah, you're right. You know what, Jimmy? You're right. You said the Dolphins were going to be good. Look at you. The reason I bring up the Yankees is to remind you, you also said the Yankees were going to win the World Series. And how'd that work out? The answer is it didn't work out. They got swept. So when you say, well, I told you this, then I say, yeah, you also told me that, which means your predictions, which is what they are, are worthless. I don't want to hear it. If you want to call, and by the way, so is everybody else's predictions. Now, the thing is with me, I actually get paid to do that stuff. Like, I got to give my opinion and predict certain things, right or wrong. And a lot of times, going to be wrong. That's just the nature of the beast. But you're fixated on talking about your predictions. Why can't you just call and talk about your dolphins who are very good? who I've been giving credit to. You know why? Not because, Jimmy, you're a Dolphins fan. I know a lot of Dolphins fans. I'm giving them credit because they're good, and I believe them to be one of the better teams in the league. Now, when you call next time, call and talk about your team, not your prediction on the team. That's how we got caught up in this spot the last time you called. And you said you keep bringing up the Yankees, and then you go for the Mets. And I'm not doing this tit for tat. This is not a me versus you. 
I'm here. I'm doing this for the next four hours. You are calling to be a part of a show, and I appreciate that. But this is not a me versus you thing because I got news for you. Regardless of how old you may be, regardless of how many things I may have gotten right or wrong, I'm going to win. This is what I do. You understand that it's not about correct predictions. I hope that you understand that. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not about that. Don't make it me versus you. You're not going to like the result of that. Spencer's calling from Garden City. What's up, Spencer? Hey, how's it going, Sal? How are you, Spencer? I don't know if you always win. I'm doing good. I don't know if you always win, but you certainly won that last one. <laughs> so. I mean, look, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm saying these things as I'm fired up here. There is no winning. We're talking about sports talk. It's supposed to be you call and give your opinion on things, and then I react to it and give, obviously, my opinion, whatever. That's how it works. Jimmy is fixated on, well, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And, and he wants to make it a battle. And if he does, to your point, Spencer, I'm not going to lose that battle. <laughs> yeah, so I'm calling about uh, Kenny Galladay, the bane of Giants fans' existence right now. So he's a guy I was really excited about coming in. Obviously, it didn't work out so well, and recently I've been cautiously optimistic. I heard a lot of buzz about him, you know, he's saying he wants to be part of the winning, even that just is blocking, whatever. He's ready for it. And then he comes into this game, misses one where it would have been a great catch if he caught it, but then misses another one that went right through his arm. I just want to ask if you think there's any way that they're going to keep working him in, see if he can do anything. I think Galladay's toast. Uh, I I mean, he's got to be, right, Spencer? Think about it. Coming into... The year, no giant fan wanted them around. The talk in preseason mm-hmm. or training camp was, are they going to cut Kenny Galladay? And then that was made clear that they're not because of the money and it wouldn't make sense for the Giants to cut him. Then he's injured. He gets back out there. He's dropping a few passes. This, to me, was the last straw for Kenny Galladay. He had an opportunity. He was healthy. Giants have a need at that position. Galladay has been a guy who has had success in his career as a wide receiver. For him to go out there... And drop, and I don't give him, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to knock him on the first one, but that second one, that's inexcusable. Inexcusable. He should be cut immediately after that. Yep, and I knew he had a bad contract situation, but today I actually looked it up, and they actually owe him more money in the salary cap if they cut him. Right, which, so is, why they, what they're do with that. which yeah. is why they weren't going to cut him to begin with. Now, what if they cut mm-hmm. him after the year? I don't know how that works exactly, Spencer. What are we looking at there? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I was just checking on uh, this year. Mm-hmm. But um, as a follow-up, uh, I was wondering if you think that they're actually going to go for any other wide receivers in the offseason. I think uh, T. Higgins' contract is up. I think he could be a good addition, but I just wanted to get your thoughts well, on that. Well, and you could also draft one, right, with Joe Shane potentially mm-hmm. bringing his guy in, Spencer. And Odell is going to be a guy that's going to come up around here and has been coming up around here. I know a caller brought it up before, and I never tagged it with that. And I know there's been a lot of talk about what went on with Odell here last time. It's a completely different situation. Odell Beckham Jr., and I was one of the people who want him out of here the most. Matter of fact, I still give Gettleman credit. That was one of the better things he did, getting rid of Odell Beckham Jr., who was a problem for the Giants. Now, I still don't trust Odell Beckham Jr. to be a selfless player, but he has matured, at at the very least in years. He's won a Super Bowl, so he's had team success, and he is going to decide where he's going to spend, you'd hope, the rest of his career. And if he does come back to New York with the Giants, here's why I think it's different this time. Because this regime with Shane and Dable will not let Odell Beckham Jr. 
run the show the way that Tom Coughlin did at the end of his career because he knew he had no choice but to deal with it. The way Jerry Reese did. The way Ben McAdoofus did. The way everybody else did since. He will not run wild on this regime. And that is why I think if, in fact, the Giants do think that Odell could be a fit for them, and if, in fact, Odell does decide he wants to come back, and I also think it would be a great story, I believe that it would work assuming the player is healthy because that's a a big assumption here. I mean, they were saying Odell's going to decide over the next few weeks where he wants to go. Think about it. He may not be ready until the postseason this year. If he comes back, I truly believe it's because he wants to be in New York and finish or or take care of some unfinished business. And because he believes in what's going on with the Giants and their new culture. I think it would be a great story, and I know Giant fans would be beyond excited. I think it would be great. I don't know how good he's going to be coming off that significant injury, but I also don't think he would be the problem that he once was. Remember, he wasn't just a problem with the Giants. He was also a problem in Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's got their own issues, but still, let's not make it like Odell Beckham was the greatest receiver ever and the Giants just gave up on him for nothing. There were reasons why they had to move on from Odell Beckham Jr. And I would hope, I know that the Giants organization has changed. I would hope that Odell's situation has changed. Joe is calling from Smithtown. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, Sal? Thanks for taking the call. How are you, Joe? I'm doing all right. So I'm not going to be as optimistic as the first Giants caller and uh, crown us Super Bowl champions yet, but I'm not going to apologize for being 7-2. and two. And and to your point before about uh, Dayball and the coaching staff being kind of the X factor and the difference maker in a mediocre roster, I mean, you look at the, the Super Bowl runs that this team had in, in the way, way back in 2007, those defenses in the regular season were below par, almost bottom of the league, and then turned it on at the end because of, you know, the, the brilliance of Spagnola in that defensive coordinator position. And you kind of see that with Wink on this team, too. Martindale is, is a great defensive coordinator. And I think, you know, when it comes to playoff time, he could be an X factor that can give us an upset or two and take us, you know, further on. I mean, again, I'm not going to apologize for being 7-2. I don't think we're Super Bowl contenders, but I, I, the coaching staff is, is the one reason to be optimistic, if any. Agreed 100% about the coaches, that they can – keep you in any game and give you an advantage in a lot of games as well with their scheme. I think that that's what you've seen happen here quite a bit with the Giants this year. Now, look, Super Absolutely. Bowl. And, and that's why I'm not ready to say this is a 5-4 and four team disguised as a 7-2 and two team because I think this is a bona fide 7-2 and two team because of because of Wink and because of Kafka and because of Dayball. Well, the other and, and, you know you can you, the the other argument would be that look at look around at the NFC. Tell me who it, like are you scared of the Vikings? Uh, I, uh, I, as a like if I'm if if I'm a little bit more confident in the Giants, I wouldn't be. I don't. I think the parity is 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 all through top to bottom in the NFC. Anyone could beat anyone. Well, that's kind of right. Real, that's kind of my point. And by the way, the right. Giants are going to be tested against the best. Outside of the Niners, the Giants will be tested against the best teams, at least in my opinion, and some by record, uh, in the NFC, where they have the Cowboys still, where they have the Eagles twice, and they go to Minnesota and take on the Vikings. So you're going to see how they stack up against the NFC's best over the final several weeks of the year. 
Yeah, we'll learn a lot about this team in the next four weeks, like you've been saying. I mean, we got to get past Detroit first, but, you know, this next, this gauntlet of the next four weeks will be a real deciding factor on how I think every Giants fan listening will feel going into the playoffs. Well, I mean, I think I'm going to narrow it down. You said four weeks. I'm going to narrow it down here. First of all, we do learn about what they did against the Texans. Sloppy, not pretty, but they won. How many times have we seen the Giants lose that game over the years? So they didn't lose the game. So we're going to learn more about one more that they have to take care of business. And then the ultimate game to me, just like with the Jets this weekend against New England, Giants in Dallas, Thursday, Thanksgiving, the world will be watching. What does Brian Dable? See, that's the game that if you win that game, now anything's possible. And if if they get embarrassed in that game, then all of a sudden it's going to deflate the uh, the balloon. Yeah, yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. That's the one I'm looking for, Joe. And th- and look, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think you're right on. Thank you for the call. Super Bowl talk is a little nuts. First of all, right now, Super Bowl talk outside of a select few teams is nutso talk. I mean, the the league. There's so much parity. Even the best teams are getting beat here week in week out. Double digit dogs are winning left and right. I mean, that's the way that the league is right now. And yet somehow we're all still shocked when it happens. Oh, my God, do you believe it? Matter of fact, I do, because it continues to happen. Yeah, I expect it. Not only do I believe it, I expect it. But that Cowboys game, that's the one to me. Giants already lost to Dallas. They're 0-1 in the division. That's and, And the fact that the world will be watching, that's the game that Dallas, that the Giants need to win to really cement their start to the year. Now, Let's just say they lose that game, even if they get blown out. I think it'll be back down to reality, but they can still be a playoff team, and they have to finish strong, obviously, with all the division games that they have remaining with Washington and Philadelphia. Very weird schedule, where from week 12 on, one, two, three, four, five, right, five division games, two with Philly, two with Washington, and then the one with the Cowboys. From week 12 on. And you got a trip to Minnesota, and then the Colts are in town. You know, I was just thinking, maybe, ah, oh, it's January 1st, New Year's Day. I was thinking maybe I'd go out there for that Colts game and go try to say hello to Matty Ice. I ain't, I ain't getting off the couch on New Year's Day. Anyway, those are the, you know, it's, it's not that we look at what the Giants have done, because they've beaten some really good teams. I mean, Green Bay, whatever. You know, able to beat the... Able to beat the Packers in Green Bay is, or, or in at, at, in London in their case, that's a a nice win at the time, especially where they were down at half like that. The win after that against Baltimore, probably their best win of the year. All right, fortunate, but still, big win. Tough loss in Seattle, it happens. The Cowboys, that's the chance where they can really show the world hey, you know what? This team's going to be legitimate in the NFC. I feel like even though we believe in the Giants, we still don't look at it yet as them being one of the top teams the way that we view maybe Wash, uh, the way that we view maybe Philadelphia or Dallas even in their own division. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan, 
6666 is the number to call week 10 in the NFL. That is a wrap. You believe it? Week 11, we got Thanksgiving coming up. It'll be postseason before you know it. But it has been a fun year uh, with the locals. Just trying to read something here on... Who tweeted this? Let's see. Giants Daily, which is a great account for uh, Giants football stuff, of course. They just tweeted something out a minute ago. Uh, If you're on Twitter, at NYG Daily. And I guess they got a quote from... Oh, no, it's from the post. So they tweeted out a link to the post. Giants Daily Twitter account tweeted out a link to the post that I'm seeing right now that Odell Beckham Jr.'s high school coach, apparently. Now, who knows what that means? But his high school coach... And one of his mentors said if he's a betting man right now, he'd flip a coin between New York and Dallas. It's tight, but of all the teams he's heard about, that one really resonates a little bit more. Uh, Or, excuse me, of all the teams he's heard about, the one that resonates a little bit more is New York. And here's the difference. Now, maybe Odell wants to go put that star on his helmet. You imagine the attention he's going to get being a Dallas Cowboy. Maybe he wants to go play with Dak Prescott. You know, Odell can be a difference maker for that Cowboys team as far as them becoming a legitimate Super Bowl team. With the Giants, I don't think he makes them a legitimate Super Bowl team. I know we're talking about the Giants and how far they could go here, but even with the addition of him, I still think it's a long shot. The Giants are a Super Bowl team. I don't think that's far-fetched, at least the way that I see it. And maybe he's not as, you know, excited about playing with Daniel Jones. However, New York is where he started. I mean, the fans here loved Odell. That blue jersey, the 13 or the white one, whatever. Oh, I mean, that's that's a thing. It would be a huge thing for Odell to come back to New York under Coach Dable in a stable situation, finally, with the organization. And, you know, winning in New York is unlike anything else. And maybe that could be extremely appealing to him. I do get the feeling, though, that, and not just going based on what his coach said, I I can't, I'd be surprised if he went to San Francisco. That was one of the teams that was mentioned. I I do get the feeling that it's Cowboys or, or Giants, which is wild to think of it like that. Make that decision before Thanksgiving, Odell. Or at least before 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Next few weeks, come on, let's go. 877-337-6666. Jimmy is in Levittown. What's up, Jimmy? Good morning, Tom. Before I make my Yankee point, you know, I was just thinking, like, when the giant season started and we lost Bradbury, we were like, all right, no big deal because we're going to stink anyway. And then Shepard got hurt, and it's like, all right, no big deal because we're going to stink anyway. And then, like, we think Tony and the other guy are coming back. I, I, I would just like to see if everything, all the stars would have aligned with Bradbury's not having to be cut and Shepard being healthy and Tony being who Tony could be and Galladay going back to his form, what this team really could have been. Not that we're not good right now, and I'm very happy the way things are, but you're talking that, that, that would have been some group if, if all things would have worked out. Yeah, but um, no, I, I get it, Jimmy, but the, it didn't work out like that, and they're good without them. They're good without him anyway. I mean, if you had those guys, and look, Galladay's here, he just stinks. So you're well, talking about prime, you're talking about prime Galladay. I mean, look, and injuries are part of the NFL. Unfortunately, I wish Sterling Shepard did not get hurt 
He's always been one of my favorite players for the Giants. You know, that stinks. It's unfortunate. Uh, but that's part of it. And the Giants still have been able to overcome that and also build or starting to build for the future as well, clearing out some salary cap space. And they're going to be in better position next year and the following year. You know, Joe Shane, you trust him to build this thing the right way. I, this has been I, – I can't look at the what-ifs when I look at what is when the Giants have been 7-2 and two through nine weeks or ten weeks. No, and I, I agree. And, it, and it's going to be a great last ten weeks. I mean, the division tightened up. But back to the point you made with, uh, with uh, Super, uh, Super Howe and those, those comments that only losers make, the fact that we lost LeMahieu. And don't get me wrong, I think they did hurt. But you know what? You had enough there to, to compete with, with Houston, and the guys that were there did nothing. So I don't want to hear that Ben Attendee didn't play and DJ didn't play. Those are loser comments, and that's the predicament the Yankees are in because of the way this guy portrays this group of players that are not good enough, and they haven't been good enough, and he just don't friggin' see it. And until he does, we're going to be in the same spot next year anyway. So uh, I'm going to bed again, so good night, bud. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, I appreciate you checking in. Yeah, I, I would be extremely discouraged if I'm a Yankee fan based on the comments from both Cashman, Boone, and now Hal. They've all said the same thing. How is that acceptable? He wants to talk about, oh, the second half of oh, the way we played in the second half of the season is unacceptable. Well, you know what's unacceptable? Your excuses with the injuries. I mean, maybe I missed it, but was Ben Attendee actually doing anything with the Yankees? When he first came over, he sucked. And now Ben Attendee was supposed to be the savior? I know he started to get hot a little bit and then got hurt, but come on. I'm supposed to believe that Ben Attendee was all of a sudden going to be the difference maker in the postseason? And LeMayu, I mean, how many years is he going to be hurt before we realize, hey, you know what? Maybe he's a guy that's injury prone. He's always hurt lately. Always hurt lately. And everybody deals with injuries. Nobody cried for the Mets when they blew the division without Starling Marte in Atlanta. And nor should they. And guess what? The guy who wanted them to win the division the most, yours truly, I didn't say one peep about Marte being out. I ripped them the shreds for losing it, for choking that division away. It wasn't about, oh, <laughs> we, we would have won the division if Starling Marte played in Atlanta. I'm not going to make excuses. The Braves are good. Oh, they're good. But the Mets didn't have Marte. No. The Mets weren't good enough. They got beat with or without Marte. They didn't build a good enough team to overcome the injury to Starling Marte. And they got swept in Atlanta. Unacceptable. No excuses. I mean, the New York Yankees. You know what the Yankees have become? Pathetic. And I know that word gets used quite a bit, maybe overused, but in this case, it fits perfectly. The New York Yankees have become a pathetic organization where they don't go out there and spend significantly more than the next team the way that they used to on a regular basis. They don't go out there and get the top free agents. They don't go out there and make sure they lock up their own guys. They don't make changes to win at all costs year in, year out. And they don't take accountability. They make excuses 
they settle for second or third best in free agency or via trades? Even when something appears to be blatantly obvious and wrong, they stick with it for another year or two. Whether it's Donaldson, whether it's IKF, whether it is Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, whatever it may be. Torres, it's short. The Yankees don't hold themselves accountable anymore. There's no accountability. They used to, you know, when they were winning, spend significantly more than everybody else, try to win at all costs, find it unacceptable when they didn't win, and not make excuses. You know, they were the the Bronx Bombers. The New York Yankees. Now they're acting like another team, any other team. The Bronze Bombers. It's pathetic. Even worse than the results of the season, getting swept by a team that has dominated them. Dominated them for years. The Yankees used to be the dominator. Now they're the dominate or something like that. Forever. The Yankees were the, the alpha. And now they're just getting embarrassed. It is pathetic with the excuses. That's the the excuse making is more pathetic than anything else. I'm not trying to make excuses. It's just we were hurt. Bob is calling from Bayside this morning. Good morning, Bob. Sal, before I get to my football point, one five-second point. The Yankees are in a hunt every single year. There's only three or four or five teams out of the 30 teams who can make that comment for their fans. Okay? They're in the hunt every year. All right, now. And they, and they, also, get to my and they, and they also lose every year. All right. right. Yeah, and listen. Three and out, Bobby, three you're three right. out, three out of those four games that they lost to the Astros were very close. It oh, well, hang a banner. Number 28. Right. No, number 28 lost in very <clears throat> close games to the Yankees. Right. Just make sure on that banner there's a little broom uh, emblem. Uh, I'll or get symbol back on to it. the Yankees when the spring comes. Anyway, let me yeah, talk the, about The football. Astros. I mean, think about it. You're getting swept by the Astros. And you're talking about close games. I'll let you get to your football point, but i got to finish on this baseball stuff. Now, I will say, Bob... The Yankees, you're right, making the playoffs 24 of 28 years. I mean, that is a great accomplishment. If that's your thing, if you want to you know, be excited about that, then so be it. I personally would get excited about winning World Series if I were a Yankee fan. All right, all right. Look, Net, Nesta pulled up, pulled up sick or lame or whatever. It was. Let, let me ask you. Bad, they right, had a lot of bad luck. But let anyway. me ask you flat out. And, and by the way, luck's a big part of it. I mean, it was a big part of their dynasty as well when they were winning. You know, Jeffrey Mayer, was that luck or was that skill? No, that was luck. Okay. okay, so but let me ask you real quick. If Ben Attendee, if LeMayhew were fully healthy, you think the Yankees beat the Astros? By the way, Ben Attendee only had a bad first two weeks. Then he, he was picking it up. He was playing very well when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And and they, they were searching for three weeks for a leadoff hitter. Ben Attendee was the perfect leadoff hitter. I, I, I want to get the football. Yeah, I will, <laughs> but I just want to hear your answer. Do you think if LeMayhew and Ben Attendee were healthy that they would have beaten the Astros? Well, Josh Donaldson was a strikeout machine. He wouldn't have even been in the lineup. LeMayo would have been playing third. Let me get the football side. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. I mean, you got to admit, Josh Donaldson was a complete joke. Yeah, get, and guess who wants Josh Donaldson to be the third baseman again next year? Well, look, they're going back there. They had a few good years. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the guy's 36 years old. I, 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 I who, pay, brought, I, who brought Donaldson in? 
Cashman bought yeah, it. Oh, all right. All right. Uh-huh. Listen, you're overvaluing uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Let me give you a few, a few statistics. Dak Prescott, his last 30 games, 30, is a 500 quarterback, number one. Number two, the last several games have proven that you can run against the Cowboys. Brett, uh, no, I'm sorry, Brett Favre. Uh, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball six or seven times in the first half only. They ran up and down the field against Dallas. And Saquon is in shape. Everything is going well. You can run against Dallas. The last three, four games have shown that. <clears throat> Number three. Well, how'd the Giants do a game in week three when they played them at home Monday Night Football? They've started to gel much better after that. Okay, but the, right. the Cowboys also have started to gel as they got their starting quarterback. Yeah, I, I know. Dak Prescott's 2-2 two and two and Cooper Rush is 4-1 and one this year. Anyway, uh, another thing. On Thanksgiving Day, check the last few Thanksgivings. Dallas has not played well at all. They, they, Derek Cobb... Uh, Put a, put a quick 30 points on them last year. Two years ago, the Washington Redskins blew them out of the field, and they don't play well on Thanksgiving Day. And, and Dak Prescott does not play well in a big game. He, play, he laid an egg against the 49ers in the wild card game last year. And, he's, and as I said, he's a 500 quarterback in the last 30 games. Check right, it out. No, I Check got it. it out. I got it. So what does that mean? What it means is that, and, I, and Vegas, who the experts are, the line will be no more than Dallas, three and a half or four. On Thanksgiving. Well, I am, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to bet the turkey, the stuffing, the apps, the pies, all of it on the Cowboys. Yeah, and you'll be throwing it up in the toilet. <laughs> we'll see. Sal, you're great, but Thank- uh, you're wrong on a few of these things. Uh, well, and you're we'll not see. always right. You're not always right. You don't always well, I never, win. When did I, I, mean, ever, when did I, when did I ever say I was let, always let right? Let me play the March 31st tape for you. Last when, did I, when did I say I was March always right? March 31st. Uh, I want to play that tape What's March again. 31st? Your speech about it's over, it's over. Oh, no, that was May 31st. Oh, May, pardon me, May yeah. 31st. I mean, I might as well have said it in March 31st right. anyway. But, Bob, when did I ever say I was always right? Three phone calls ago, no, no, you no, said no. I always win. I'm always uh, right. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> now, now you may, I said I always win, and thank you for the call, Bob. I said I always win. Not that I'm always right. Part of winning is admitting when you're wrong, which is quite often. If you sit here and do a show for five hours, five nights a week, you're going to be wrong on a lot of things. Yeah, Fleegs, you have an early line for us. How do they have that? Uh, they have that line already in advance. Well, it's a look ahead line, so it's right. not the actual opening line yet, but the look ahead line right now. Can I guess it before you say it? Yes. And Bob said he around said three and a half. I, I, yeah, I'm going to say six and a half. You're right on the money, six and a half. Yeah, and it might get worse before it gets better. I would think that's a that's three and a half. If that were three and a half, I'd bet the house. Cowboys are going to – I don't want to make this a me against the Giants thing. I love Brian Dable, and that's the one reservation I would have about that matchup is that I trust Dable more than I do McCarthy, who I could see McCarthy getting significantly outcoached and blowing that game. But I just believe in Dallas and their talent, and I do overvalue them to a certain extent. They have not clicked on all cylinders just yet, but I think they have a better defense than the Giants. I think they have a better quarterback than the Giants. I think they have more explosive weapons than the Giants. You know, special teams, we'll see. And coaching, I give the Giants the advantage. But I just get the feeling that that is a spot. Giants hopefully coming in off of a win against the Lions. 
That is a spot. Who does Dallas got this week? Yeah, I'm my week 10. Schedule in front of me here. I can't even see it anyway, even if I did. Um, I got to look it up here. Hold on. I got it. Cowboy schedule. Giants coming in, hopefully, off of what will be a win. Uh, oh, Dallas got the Vikings this week. That's a good matchup. What time is that game? That is a 425. That's a, we got a good football Sunday here. Jets at one. Are the Giants at one, too? I'm assuming they are, yeah, right? They so are. we got both the Jets and the Giants at one o'clock. Oh, that sucks. But the, the Jets is a huge game. Jets, Pats at one, and then Vikings, Cowboys at four. That is a huge game in Minnesota. I think the Cowboys are going to win that game. And then I think they followed up on Thursday. I cannot believe it's Thanksgiving already. Damn. It just goes so fast. Uh, Dallas got a... I think Dallas has a chance to... Well, I mean, look, it's not an easy schedule. But Houston, Jacksonville still remain. I think they're beating the Eagles the next time at home. At Tennessee, at Washington to finish things out. Uh, I I think Dallas is going to win the division. But that was my thought going into the year. And I'm going to stick with that. Now that loss in Green Bay hurt him. And Thursday against the Cow- against the Giants is going to be a huge game. I'm not saying the Giants can't win it. I just, if I believe in Dallas the way that I have all year long, I- I've, I've got to believe they're going to win that game. And maybe the Giants have a, you know, the Giants have not had one stinker yet. They're due, aren't they? Or are they that good? And maybe they go from a game where I'm thinking they're going to get smoked to a game where they actually win outright and shock the world. And like we said, if they do that, anything's possible this year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
I really can't take the idiocy of some people. Please got people calling them, complaining that I don't let people talk. Yeah, I know. Look, do me a favor. Don't call. You, you don't think that I uh, that I let people talk? Are you joking? I guarantee you. I guarantee you that while I'm hosting the overnights, I let people talk more than any show that is on the air currently. Matter of fact, sometimes it's too long. But because it's the overnight, we have five hours to fill. That's what I do. And people take offense to me saying that I always win. It was not a I'm always right about sports and you're always wrong. It was talking about the way you structure an argument in the, in the particular case with Jimmy. And look, if you're so insecure as a listener, whether it's Jimmy or the guy who had a call fleas before, that to hear me say I always win, you take that seriously and you have a problem with that, do me a favor. Get lost because I really couldn't give a crap less what you think. Leave me alone. I'm doing a talk show here. I'm here. I worked my whole life to get here. So in my mind, I'm winning because I'm doing what I want to be doing. Having fun talking sports. I don't know why you got to make it so difficult. It's very easy. It's a very simple procedure. I even got it when I used to call. I would call and guess what I would do? I would talk about the sports that I wanted to talk about with the host. As opposed to getting into a fight and who said what and who should be this and who should be that. and Oh, I'm older than you, so I know more than you do. I will not. I've told you from the get-go, I will not tolerate disrespect of any kind. Not from anybody. End of story. Whether it be a host on this station, whether it be a caller, I won't, I won't do it. I'm here trying to have fun. I don't understand what the problem is. People are bothered by my confidence. That's not my problem. Good God. And if they call, Fleegs, what was this guy, his case in particular? He, so some, some guy called you, didn't even like, give the name or anything like that? No, he did. I, I oh. won't give out his name, but he, you know, he was saying Sal never lets anybody make a point. And then he was referencing the call with Jimmy. Sal's ending it saying, I always win. He cuts him off. I'm like, well, Sal has, not only in this call, but every time Jimmy's called for the last year and a half, given Jimmy ample opportunity to make a point, the one thing Jimmy has never done in that year and a half with you or any other show is made a point. He just likes to cite back the one out of 300 predictions he got right. And whereas you said, well, that's valueless because, you know, you get all the rest of them wrong. Th- this ho- caller was like, well, no, I'm not talking about Jimmy. I'm talking about the caller where Sal said, I always win. I said, yeah, yeah that was nice Jimmy. try. Right. That was, you know, I'm here. I work here. Sal, like, right. We have an idea <laughs> right. of what's happening on this show. Right. He's like, I, I call, I listen almost every night. I wanted to say, and I didn't. I'm like, that's great. I do work every night. Like, right, I, here, I am here every night. Right, I don't understand. Sal and I are here every if you, night. If you, they, I mean, look, everybody's going to have their own critiques, whether you like me, hate me, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, how they feel. The one thing you cannot say is definitively that I do not let people talk. I mean, I, listen, you've if Jimmy's called 200 times in the last, however, you've let him make 195 bad predictions about the Yankees. And, you know, there are plenty of callers who have made more incorrect points or whatever than any host who works on this station combined and in the overnight like you said you give all of them as long as they're not disrespectful right. and you know of course the people who curse anything like that you give everybody and, and plenty by of the time way, to talk as you know fleeks better than anybody with jimmy first of all i feel like like jimmy and i have a relationship i met him once he calls all the time like i don't know what the issue is exactly with him but it's the same call for the last several weeks, which is why, and we were going around in circles again, which is why I had to let it go. I'm not getting into, he wants to make it a tit for tat with me, and it's not about that. And that's what I was saying in that particular case. I'm not going to lose that. Number one, right, because you said I have the, the last Dolphins order. weren't that good last year when they weren't a playoff team. 
And then this year, you gave them credit immediately when they looked like a much better team. And, and by the way, it doesn't even, like, what we think, whether it's me, you, Fleegs, a caller, what we think might happen really is worthless. What's happening is. If no, and I'm, that's what makes you, listen, if you're going to be good at this at all, you have to. Listen, we all have stuff we think, but in any sport before a season, I think this team might be good, I think this team won't be. Things change in every sport. Everybody's wrong at least half the time, right? If you're of just course. doing it, everybody's yeah. wrong. Every fan, every every personality, everybody's wrong. You have to adapt with what happens. You know, a lot of us didn't think in the middle of July and August, oh, the Phillies are going to go to the World Series. Right. But then as you're watching the postseason and see the way they play, you have to say, oh, okay, well, this team is playing differently. They might go to the World Series. If you just stick to, well, I said this in March. So I'm going so to stick to it. You know, this team. Or if I was right, saying two right, is no said, good or Miami's no right, good. Right, if still, you said before the season, and there are people out there, two is the perfect example, who said two is stinks. And are still now trying to come up with ways to, to justify say two it, is yeah. stinks, even though the Dolphins are 7-3. and three, Two is one every game that he started and finished. And he's putting up numbers with the Dolphins that Dan Marino didn't put up. Who's the idiot? You for saying, ah, you know what? This team changed my opinion because they have a new coach and they, they changed the offense. Or the same guy who's saying, like Jimmy with the Yankees, no matter what, all year, no, every single day from before opening day to the day before the Yankees were eliminated, when they're down 3 nothing. Well, no, the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Why? Just because they are. All right. So, and I'm not doing it. And I feel like he wants to get into Did you hear the call before, Marco, with Jimmy? Or you missed I heard, it? I heard a little bit. I caught the end. I heard you yelling. And then I had to go. <laughs> And I, I, yeah, you can put this guy on. Uh, let, let's have some fun with this. Let's see what he's got. But with Jimmy, it was it's the same thing. He wants to make it like, oh, I said this and I was right versus you. Like, are we going to do that then with every prediction? Like, it's stupid. I don't even like giving predictions myself, let alone hearing predictions from the caller. So now this is a caller who says that I don't let people talk. I'm assuming this is the guy, Matt in Huntington. Matt, what's on your mind now? How you doing, Sal? Good. What, what, now, what's your issue? You think I don't let people talk? Uh, I heard you saying that I always win. I always win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I appreciate what you do. You're doing a great show. You guys are always doing a great show. I didn't mean to offend the guy on on the phone earlier, but I mean, when you cut people off, you're kind of killing what we have going on here. Like we have, we have a conversation here. And when you cut people off from the conversation saying, I always, win. bro, this guy curses on the air. He wants me to keep him on. I mean, Jesus. Two two things. First of all, Matt, I do appreciate the call. I had to cut you off because you cursed. You cannot curse on the air. It's like rule one. Which he says he listens. We one, everybody knows that too. We just went over. Well, one of the only ways you could not get to say everything you want on this show in this time slot is to curse. And I'm I'm annoyed because I was actually looking forward to hearing what else he had to say. So he t- here's somebody. I don't know if you were getting an answer there because he says I understand that Jimmy was talking in circles for the two minutes the so, same way he does every night ever. Like no, at some point it's your responsibility to the rest of the audience to give to move something on from that. He got right. gives. I had to move on. And we were going nowhere. I'm not Listen, doing Matt's it again. He, Matt would apparently love to listen to the same call repeat himself over and over for five hours. Every other member of the audience, and I feel confident speaking for literally every other person <laughs> listening to this show, they don't want that. You did the right thing. And so he, so Matt, I think the bottom line with him, regardless of what went, what actually happened with Jimmy, he took offense with me saying, I always win, which I guess I could understand. But you, again, you're not, you're taking big picture. I'm not talking about I'm always right. Obvi- As a matter of fact, I said, I'm not always right. Obviously, nobody is ever always right. But when Jimmy specifically, 
is trying to make it like, and if you go back and listen to the call, he was trying to make it like he's winning arguments with me. That's where I said, no, I always win. Now, is that 100% accurate? Maybe not. In my mind, I am. You know why it is always right? Technically, because you're the host, and any host does always win. Might not be right, always wins versus any caller, because at some point, the phone call ends, and, and I'm the host still here. keeps going. Well, that's, and that's kind of my point, and I specifically... Marco's enjoying yeah. this. No, and I specifically said, Jimmy, you know what? I oh because he was talking about oh he said specifically like oh you lose in this argument or whatever it was right, I'm older than you yeah I'm Great. older than you. so that's why I then hung up on him and said I always win knowing that he nor anybody else will have the last word I do and that's because it's my show now you may not like that and what I would say to you is this come take it from me come get it you have the same opportunity that I had. Now, the difference is I've wanted this and have worked the last 25 years or whatever it's been to get to this point. So I will be damned if I'm going to sit here and be disrespected by anybody. That's the point. You understand? That's the point. Is that so wrong, Marco? I mean, I feel like I've earned the right to actually, you know, be the host of my show. Is that too much? Uh, Am I out of my mind? No, I'm having a hard time responding. I'm crying. I'm laughing too hard. This is tremendous. I mean, good God, I don't get it. People are all, Sal, you're saying you always win. I mean, guys, what do you want me to tell you? I never said, and even Bob's like, Sal, you said you're always right. No, I never, ever, ever said I'm always right. I'm the first to tell you when I'm wrong, which is quite often. Isn't it funny, though, how the two calls this has come from, Jimmy and Bob? Again, if we were actually keeping count of right versus wrong, and Bob is a little bit of a different case because he's more respectful about it than some others, but if we were making the tally of who's been wrong I mean, the most in the last few years, they are one and two on the list, and nobody's coming close. And, and, and that's why I don't even bring it up because it's like, you know, Marco, these predictions are they're, they're ridiculous. They don't matter. Of course. That's why I don't do football <laughs> picks. None of these things matter. It's about entertainment. It's Correct. Not about right and, and wrong. It, and with entertaining, I know I win in that category. <laughs> no, but when we're talking, like, the, okay, so what? I picked the Jets to beat the Bills. Big freaking deal, right? Am I supposed to sit here and pound my chest and say it? We may joke around and have some fun with it, but ultimately, I know it doesn't mean anything. But Jimmy thinks that it means something. Well, That's we had a caller. Problem. I can't remember if it was you. It might have been the day you were off and McKean was hosting, yeah. where a caller said, well, you got a prediction wrong, and this job is all about making predictions. And we said off the air, no, it's not. If you think that, you couldn't be more wrong. People, but you know what, Fleegs? People actually think that that's the case. And look at, I mean, look at Twitter for the prime example. They think, oh, you, like you meet with the NL East or whatever it may be. Which, by the way, we did that for how many months did we get entertainment out of the NL East is over well, there? And also, that ended up not being the case. Shocker, what's happening? You're still in that chair, still hosting a show right yeah, now. Yeah, well, the point is, and I got news for you, and maybe people don't want to hear this, and I don't even know if I should be saying this. The boss loved it. He loved it more that I was wrong. And I'm pissed off saying, I just wish I got this right. I can't believe the Mets didn't win the division. But he's like, dude, this is even better. If you get more traction, if they lose, if you're wrong, I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right. You had people lining up to either stay awake until 2 a.m. to listen to an overnight show when they have to be up and going to work at 7.30 a.m. or going into the Odyssey app, making sure they rewound or went to the podcast to find what you said a couple hours ago at 2 a.m. 
because right. of what you said. People went out of their way to hear what Salicata had to say. Which which is the point. And, and I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm just being myself. And, and I, I'm telling you, I'd rather be right always than be wrong. But if you think that being right is the key to being here, I mean, haven't you learned anything over the last 30 years? Two of the greatest ever. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, Mike and the dog, as much as I love them, when exactly were they nailing picks left and right or predictions or Summers or Beningo or on and on and on? Hey, Fearless Forecaster didn't miss. Oh, Fearless for Exactly. But, and that's Steve you nailed. Know, like, that's the whole brilliance of it. Like, come on. It's not about predictions. You say enough I mean, the, the morning show picks. Isn't uh, Yusef yeah, the, Jan- right. the custodian still winning those? Right. And or yeah, did Jerry wanna, catch up? People want to be like, oh, you got this one wrong. Yeah, of course I got it wrong because I have to give a prediction. Predictions are, are useless, but it's part of entertaining. And that's what we do. Anyway, full circle to bring it back to the point. So Jimmy is caught up on the predictions. Now, why do you love this so much, Marco? You're laughing. I, I don't know. This is hilarious to me. And the fact that you keep saying Jimmy. It's just <laughs> Jimmy in Jersey City. I know. Well, he's the one that started it all. It's just funny to me. You really want to get Marco to laugh, walk up behind him during the update and like slap him in the back of the head. <laughs> What's going on here? That's another long oh, story. I don't it, think we got time for that Somebody one. did that to you? Nah, close oh. enough. But we don't have time for that. All right, let's get the update in here. Then we'll get back to your calls on the other side. Win, lose, or draw. We're taking your calls on the other side. 877-337. See if you can come beat me. Look, come beat the big Sal Cartini. What? I don't know. Doesn't Carton have that thing? Oh, and that was the other thing that that call was going to get to that he didn't say. Something about Carton wouldn't do that or whatever. Oh, yeah, he's going to call Craig because Craig would never do that to a caller. Right. Listen, and this this is not a critique of Craig. This is a compliment to Craig. Yes, he would. Call Craig, then call him. Like I don't get it. I have no issue. Call Craig. You like you prefer listening to him or going to call him? Call him then. I hate when people bring up other hosts. Like I could do something about that. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.